Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan, Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until 645 leading up to Caps Hockey here on The Fan. Give you a long break because you need a long break after you hear from the rooster. <laughs> it can be exhausting. But it's good to talk to him. And I want to continue the discussion about Jahan Dotson. Because this is a guy that I thought was really about to explode. This is a guy I really thought was going to have a spectacular second season. And it just hasn't been that way. There have been some moments, obviously that Eagles game scoring the touchdown, heck of a play. But he's also dropped some passes. And this is one where generally if something like this happened where everybody in the area was getting excited for a singular player and then they fizzled out, it would seem like everybody had a case of case of Ashburn syndrome, right? I, I just don't feel like that's the case. Maybe that's the Ashburn syndrome fully kicking in. But I just don't feel like that's the case with Jahan. I feel like he's too talented. He's better than what he's shown so far this season. Now, you try to figure out what's going on. You generally think, okay, maybe he's getting targeted down the field further, or maybe he's not getting the same amount of targets. And neither of those things are true. Maybe he's not getting open. I don't know that that's true. Like, if we look at the numbers, he's getting targeted more on uh, on pace for more targets this year than he was last year. His average depth of target last year was 13.5 yards. This year, it's 8.1. His separation last year, according to next-gen stats, was 2.8. This year, it's 2.6. It's like the same. You know, a lot of this stuff just doesn't add up. And maybe it's just simple as he's in a new system, and, you know, maybe he's not the first or the second read, and Sam's not getting to him. I tend to agree with Rooster that I think this is the week you see Jahan Dotson maybe have that game we've been expecting for a while. But I do wonder, like, where has he been? But you also have to think, too, Curtis Samuel has been a lot more involved this year than he was last year. He's been getting the ball a lot, especially in the passing game. You know, Curtis Samuel was involved last year 
but it usually wasn't more than three catches. He might touch the ball five or six times, but it wasn't all through the air. It was handoffs or little screens or things in the backfield. He's catching the ball downfield, so maybe he's taking some of what Jahan's getting, but against Atlanta, he got targeted one time. He dropped the pass, but he got targeted one time. This is a guy that we were talking about, at least I was talking about, becoming possibly a superstar. And I still feel this way about Jahan. Terry has loads and loads of talent, but I feel like Jahan has just as much, if not a little bit more. Now, Terry's made the most of it, and Terry's become a top five receiver in the league, or at least a top 10 receiver in the league, depending upon how you look at him. But I thought Jahan had that. And if there was one thing that he was touted on coming out of Penn State, it was his hands. And we've seen two key spots this year where he's dropped passes. And I thought last year, too, it didn't get talked about because he was a rookie and he was so liked and everyone wanted to see him succeed and he had so many highlight plays as well, that he had some drops last year, too. It was something that I think we ignored because we're like, oh, well, hands weren't an issue in college. It's something that everyone touted him on coming out of Penn State. He dropped a few passes, but he's a rookie. Well, now we're seeing it in the Eagles game, and you could argue that that was the turning point in the game. If he catches that and keeps that drive going, maybe everything still goes the way it does. Maybe they don't get a first down on the next set of downs there. Who knows? But ultimately, you cannot drop those kinds of passes. You can't drop the one like you did in Atlanta. That probably goes for a touchdown if he catches the football there. That's seven points you don't get. So I don't know what's going on with Jahan, but it's just really puzzling to me because, you know, I had the opportunity to go out to training camp and you're watching it. And I was almost worried about Terry. I didn't think that there was a way that the enemy was going to be foolish enough not to feature Terry McLaurin. But it seemed like if you could count on one receiver that had the special chemistry with Sam Howell, at least in training camp, it was Jahan. He was getting looked at all the time. And maybe that's just what they were doing. Who knows? But it's just odd to me that we're at this point in the season and we're talking about Jahan Dotson not being involved enough. Because if there was one thing that I thought for sure would happen, one, I thought Jahan would take that breakout and go to that next level this season. But number two, I thought when Enemy came in here, he was going to find a way to get his stars involved. And if you would have asked me, who are the top guys, what's the pecking order for the offense in terms of who are you allotting touches to? You know, you run, say, 50, 60 plays a game, sometimes more, sometimes, you know, less than that, whatever. But you would assume around 60 plays a game. How are you allotting the touches? You know, Brian Robinson's going to get his 15, 10, 15. Gibson needs, you know, seven to eight, somewhere around there you ideally want to get more to Terry McLaurin than what he's got in the past. So let's see if we can get him up to maybe eight catches. If we're feeling really frisky, let's get him up to 10 to 12. Jahan Dotson, I thought, would be right behind that. I thought he would be, in terms of wide receivers, number two. I thought that Terry, if you throw his number at 10, or that's at least how many times you want to look his way, I thought Jahan Dotson would be seven or eight. I thought Curtis Samuel would be three or four. I thought De'Ami Brown maybe gets one or two, but instead you're getting two to three a week for Jahan. 
not much. It just seems like I don't know what it is, honestly. I don't. It's one of those things that puzzles me where I don't think the talent is lacking. I don't think it's something we overrated him this offseason because you still see moments where he shakes a guy. You saw it in the preseason. He shakes a guy out of his shoes, scores a touchdown. So I don't know where it's gone. And I don't know if it's a enemy thing. I don't know if it's a Dotson thing. Maybe it's just a Sam Howell thing. You know, sometimes you switch quarterbacks and they just have a security blanket. It's pretty obvious that Sam likes to hit the tight end. So tight ends are getting more involved than maybe... Maybe they're taking some of the looks away from Jahan Dotson. I honestly don't know. And that's what's so puzzling to me about this is usually you could point to something. Oh, it's a new offense. He's running different routes. He's going further down the field, so it's harder to get him the ball. That's not the case. Like I said, his average depth of target this year is five yards less. It's easier to complete a pass eight yards than it is 13 yards. (laughs) That's pretty basic. So what's going on? And I wish I had the answer, but I just don't. 800-636-1067. If you want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines, you can tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer as well. Are you worried about Jahan Dotson? Because I don't know that I'm worried about him, but it is just a little bit odd. It's just a little bit odd. And maybe it's just something where he's had a couple down weeks and all of a sudden he's going to start being more featured in the offense. Sometimes it takes a couple of weeks like we've seen over the last few weeks with Jahan Dotson for an offensive coordinator or the play caller to go through and say, oh, you know what? I've done a poor job of getting this guy involved, and he needs to get the ball more than this guy, so let's find a way to do it. You know, maybe it's something where the enemy sits down after the last couple of weeks and says, man, Jahan has not been nearly as involved. Maybe I need to take some touches away from this guy. He's a good player. He's not Jahan Dotson. And I don't know who it comes away from because I'm not taking him away from Curtis. I feel like Curtis has been fairly effective when he's touched the ball. You're obviously never going to take touches away from Terry McLaurin. Maybe it's just, maybe it is something too where Biennemi has dialed stuff up for Dotson or he's the second read and Sam doesn't like it and he throws it to the tight end or God forbid he takes a sack. You know, I, I just, It's a weird thing. Maybe this is the week, though, to get everything right and get things going in the right direction. Because you do have to remember, and I feel like we don't talk about it enough because we're so dialed in on how Howell is playing, all the various things. It is a first year in their offense for all these guys. Sam Howell is new for him. Maybe he's still getting accustomed because that's one thing that I feel like with Sam is sometimes I feel like he just doesn't trust his eyes. He goes through his progressions. It looks like something might be there. Just cut it loose, man. Just throw it. And he hesitates, and then the window shuts, and then he takes a sack. I feel like that's happened a little bit with Sam. Maybe that's happened a little bit with receivers. You know, maybe it's just still getting accustomed to things, and the enemy's still getting accustomed to the personnel. It's only been six games. You know, this is why I feel like you needed the defense to be better. It was early. You know, I heard Jack Del Rio talking this week. He said, oh, it's still early in the season. Jack, for you, it's not, dude. You've been here for four years. Six games is not early in the season. You're over a third of the way done. That's not early. After two games is early. After six games, you're getting into the meat of the schedule now. Figure it out. Offensively, it's still early, though. I know it sounds like it's different. It is. Offensively, six games, 
to figure something out. It takes a while. It takes some time. So maybe it's just something where the offense has found ways to get McLaurin more involved, and in turn, it's just taken away from Dotson. Because I think Rooster had a really good point. Through the four games, through the Eagles game, they were getting targeted about the same. And I bet you Biennemi looked at it then and said, well, <laughs> maybe we should get 17 more involved. And I think that's obviously a wise choice. And in turn, maybe it just took away from the touches that Jahan is getting. We'll see. What are your thoughts? Are you worried about Dotson? Do you think there's something going on there? Do you think that he can get things figured out? Is he going to be more involved this week? 800-636-1067. On the MGM National Harbor listener lines, you can tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer as well. Going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about Dotson. Ryan Horvat joins us coming up in 15 minutes. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan. Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until Caps Hockey. Later tonight on The Fan, Ryan Horvat joins us coming up in about 10 minutes. Wrapping up this discussion here on Jahan Dotson. It's just very curious because this is a guy that was primed for his big year. And I thought that with Biennemi coming into town, sometimes it just wouldn't be even that difficult of a scheme. It would just be something where, hey, Jahan, you're lined up one-on-one with a guy we like. We'll take that matchup. Go do your thing. And I, I thought there would be more of that. I thought there would be things where if they liked Dotson or McLaurin or even Samuel, maybe even Gibson in certain scenarios, Logan Thomas, whoever the case may be, I thought they were going to be simple things where 
all right, we like this matchup. Let's just find a way. Run a quick slant or just run a quick out or just throw the ball out there. Let them do some work after the catch. But we just haven't seen tons of that. And it is a little bit concerning to me. I think overall the offense has been fine. I wouldn't say it's been great, but it also hasn't been bad, and it's also been an upgrade. I think overall it's similar to the way that Sam Howell was described earlier by a caller. It's better than what you had, but it's still not the best. I kind of think that's where it's at right now if you look at the offense just in general. It's not what we saw last year with Scott Turner. It's not at times just leaving out players, even though we've seen that a little bit with Dotson, but for the most part, he's at least caught a ball. But there were times last year where Terry McLaurin would disappear, and I think the enemy's done a good job of realizing he's the number one weapon you have. You cannot let him just completely disappear from a game. So I think overall they've done a good job of that. Dotson has seen a little bit of that, but I still think overall the offense has been better, but I think they still need to run it a little bit more to be effective. I think, you know, I know... So many people look at analytics and say, oh, you don't need to run the ball and you don't need to do all this. And I still feel like running the ball is important in the National Football League. The Giants are not very good. They aren't. Their rush defense has actually been really, really bad. On paper, you would think that that wouldn't be the case with Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, those guys up front. But it has. They have not defended the run well. I'd like to see them be able to run the football. But I do think that this is a week where they're going to come out. They've seen all the discussion. They see that we're talking about it here. They see that it's being written about what's going on with Jahan Dotson. I'm sure that they're going to want to get him involved. I mean, Sam Howell was asked about it. Eric Bieniemy, those guys were all asked about it. Ron Rivera was asked about it. They know that Jahan has not been nearly as involved, probably as he should be, or definitely not as much as he wants to be. I think that they're going to come up with a game plan to do so, especially against a team like the New York Giants that he's had success against in his young career. He did well last year against them. So can you find ways to just work him open and get the ball to him? You know, not something where you're looking through and reading the whole field. Just find ways to get Jahan the ball. He's the number one read. I think that they're going to find ways to do that because you you got to keep him engaged. I don't think Jahan's the kind of guy that, You know, if he has a season where he doesn't get the ball nearly as much as he wants, he's just going to check out and he's not going to give full effort. I don't think he's that kind of guy. He strikes me as a very mature young man, a guy that's going to go out there and play his hardest every single time he goes out there. But when you start having your number two receiver on the depth chart, which I, I still think he is, you have your number two receiver just not getting targeted despite the fact that you're dropping back and throwing the ball as much as just about anyone in the National Football League, then that might be a bit of an issue. But I think they're going to find a way to get him involved. And I think this offense this week has a real opportunity because, you know, if it's that game that Rooster described where it's 17-13 to or 17-14, to I think that's going to be a disappointing win, even if they do win in that fashion. It's going to be disappointing. This is your opportunity to go really make up for that Chicago Bears game. You can't make up for it against a bad team without finding a way to look like a totally different team. You can't come out flat. You can't just edge by the Giants. Come out and stomp on them. Come out and own that team. We're going to get into some of the stats for the Giants later on in the show, the 6 o'clock hour. I'm going to go through and give you where they rank and 
talk about how bad this Giants team has been early this season. But here's your chance. This team is not very good. Offensively, come out and put some points up on the board. Offensively, come out and find a way to take advantage of a bad Giants team. And defensively, I think it's big on them as well. You need to come out and shut down this New York Giants offense. They cannot go for 350, 400 yards against you this week. It just cannot happen. Last week against Atlanta, people are talking, oh, maybe they've turned it around a little bit. The reason people are having that discussion is because it had been an extra long layoff from that Thursday night game against Chicago. You gave up 40 to the Bears. 40! I don't want to hear that they figured it out because they had one game against Atlanta where Desmond Ritter threw a bunch of picks. Arthur Smith didn't help you, didn't help them out at all. And you still gave up 400 yards of offense and you only gave up 16 points. I don't want to hear that they figured it out. Here's your chance, though. I'm a little frustrated still that it's only been one game. Build off that, though, if you're the defense. Go out there against the Giants and just shut them down. Don't give up a touchdown. <laughs> the Giants don't score touchdowns. It's crazy to think, but they haven't scored a touchdown in 205 minutes of game action. 205. They haven't scored a touchdown since September 21st. That's a month ago today. They haven't scored a touchdown in that long. How about you keep that streak going? How about you do that? But this is like what we talked about with Doc. Do I have confidence that they're going to go out there and do that? Not one bit. Do I have confidence that the offense is going to play fairly well? I I think so. I, I think I believe that they can do okay. Do I have confidence that the defense can stop their offense? Not one lick of confidence. And that's the problem. Jack Del Rio, you've been here how long? Most of the guys have been here how long? And that's why, for me, we can have these discussions. And I initially was going to have this discussion today, but I didn't feel like it was appropriate. We are going to talk about Chase Young versus Montez Sweat. If this defense comes out and lays another dud, I don't want to talk about paying anyone. I don't care. You've been terrible to start this year. I don't care how good Chase Young has looked against teams when you're losing games. I don't care. You need to start winning football games. You have an opportunity on Sunday to go out there and prove you're the better team, which you are on paper and should be overall. Go out there and just win the game and don't give your fans any doubt whatsoever, and then we'll have a different discussion on Monday. But so far this season, I don't know, it's just been so up and down, and you've got an opportunity to kind of prove that, look, it's just been a slow start. We're going to get things going in the right direction. You've got that opportunity on Sunday. Take advantage of it. Going to take a break. When we come back, Ryan Horvat, bet MGM tonight. He's going to join us, get his thoughts on the NFL slate as well as some college football. Keep it tuned to the fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan, the Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until Caps Hockey later tonight, taking you up until 645. So keep it tuned to The Fan all night long. Going to get out to the BetQL guest hotline here in just a second, but I got to bring up to my guy Ryan Horvath. Ohio State with the win over Penn State. Big win. He was on the wrong side of it. I got to bring it up with him. Get out to the BetQL guest hotline. Bring in our guy, Ryan Horvat. How's your Saturday been other than being on the wrong side of Ohio State-Penn State? Uh, yeah, well, that was just a little one. Like I said, it was it was a great day. I had the uh, under in the game. I had the first half under in the game. Well, you nailed the under. And unders. I had uh, the Cade Stover over on the receiving yard. So it ended up working out pretty well, actually, for me. Yeah, I thought it was a good game. Talking about just college football in general, I, I don't think Ohio State's in there as one of the top teams just because of the quarterback. Is Washington your top team in college football right now? Uh, for me, it would be Michigan, even though they haven't really played anybody, just because I think they're the most complete team in the country, right? You look at them on the defensive side of the ball, they're only giving up five points per game. Offensively, they haven't really had to show a whole lot yet because they haven't really played anybody. But, you know, they have one of the best backfields in the country with Blake Corum, with Donovan Edwards, and they haven't really got Donovan Edwards going yet. And I think here in these next couple of weeks, you might see a little bit more of J.J. McCarthy trying to push the ball down the field, try to pad those stats, because right now he's going to be a Heisman finalist. Uh, but I like Michigan. But again, you know, they're going to have their big game coming up because Ohio State ends up winning that game today. Ohio State defensively, year two under Jim Knowles, just looks really good right now. That's how they continue to win games. Like, they still have the playmakers. Marvin Harrison was excellent today. Cade Stover was really good when he needed to be, even though he got hurt early in that game. But, you know, they're winning right now because of their defense. And that's just what I want to see when we get later on here, you know, or if we get to the college football playoff and we are fortunate enough to get one of these Pac-12 teams in because they're so fun to watch, like Oregon or Washington. How do they match up against these Big Ten teams that are so physical? You know, because we see it every once in a while in the Pac-12 where a team like USC has a solid season, wins 10, 11 games, but then they go on the road to a place like Utah, a physical team in the Pac-12, and they usually get beat. Yeah, that's what's so interesting about this college football season. The Pac-12, on its last breath, is the most fun conference in all of college football, and there's so many good teams that probably could have cases to get into the playoff, and yet they're going to keep beating up on each other. What's your ideal 
college football playoff because maybe we won't get it, but if you could choose right now four teams that maybe would be the most fun, you'd enjoy watching the most, who would you have in your college football playoff? I would, if I have to watch a team in the SEC, I do want it to be Georgia just because I want somebody to have to like, you know, like Rick Flair used to say, to be the man, you got to be the, the beats man, right? And uh, I would like to see Georgia get in because I really do enjoy watching a couple of the players on that team. I like Brock Bowers. He's hurt right now, but I think he's the best non-quarterback on the offensive side of the ball in the country. So I'd like to see them get in to try to, you know, at least defend the crown. In the Big Ten, I'd like to see the winner of that Michigan Ohio State game. Now that Penn State has a loss, I don't think I need to see any more Drew Allen, man. Like, he could not push the ball down the field. And that was my problem coming into that game and why I didn't like Penn State. You know, I liked them a little bit in the game because of their defense, but that's the only thing that concerns me. Is Like, he does not look like a five-star quarterback right now. And then in the Pac-12, you know, I want the winner. I want a rematch of Washington-Oregon. I think if we get that rematch, I think Oregon might beat Washington. Then it'll be interesting to see what happens with two one-loss Pac-12 teams. And then in the ACC, I do think Florida State's going to end up running the table. And I kind of want to see them get in, man. Um, I would love to see, like, a Florida State-Michigan national title game, maybe Michigan-Georgia. I kind of wanted to see that last year. Unfortunately, we were robbed because TCU upset Michigan. But really, at the end of the day, I just want to see the four best teams. That's why I wasn't the the biggest fan of the expanded playoff, just because I feel like it takes away a little bit from the regular season. But I don't know, man. This year, there's more parity than ever. So this year, maybe it'd be good to have 12 teams in. Talking with Ryan Horvat from BetMGM tonight. Looking at the Heisman odds, is Penix is a favorite. Do you like him to win it, or is there someone else that you're like taking a look at? Yeah, I uh, I played him a little bit before the season began, and uh, so it'd be nice, you know, if he was able to get it done. I guess uh, I played some Quinn Ewers. Probably not going to happen unless they're able to get to the Big Twelve championship game, get a rematch with Oklahoma, knock them off. But right now, yeah, it's hard to make the case for anybody other than Penix. I guess the only thing is, you know, if Washington gets beat here down the stretch, they actually have not a tough game tonight against Arizona State. They're 26-and-a-half-point favorites. But Arizona State has a really good secondary. You know, so if he has a couple interceptions in that game, maybe somebody could sneak up. I don't know. It depends. Like, if you like Michigan a lot this season and you think they're going to beat Ohio State and J.J. McCarthy could have three, four touchdown passes in that game, you know, maybe he could make a case for himself. It's tough to call right now, you know, because uh, a lot of the numbers are gone. Like, I played Dylan Gabriel before the season. There were 65 to ones out there. You know, now he's all the way down to like 8 to 1, 6 to 1 in some shops. So I feel like you just kind of missed the price on some of these. And then taking a look at the college football slate for tonight, some interesting games to watch. Is there anything that you like for tonight's slate? Yeah, there's a couple that I really like. And I apologize if I have like a weird echo, by the way. I was uh, grabbing a coffee. And now I'm trying to get back into my apartment and I've been locked out apparently, which I'm freaking out because all the games are going on. I like the under in Duke, Florida State. Duke has a really, really good defense. Like that's what Mike Elko, their head coach, is known for. It's year two for him at Duke. They continue to cover. I don't know that they cover tonight though. You know, it depends what kind of number you could get in that game. I like Florida State at 14 or at 13 and a half. If we get to 14 and a half, 15, I don't like it as much. I just, I don't expect Duke's quarterback, Riley Leonard, to be able to play in this game. Because Duke still has a shot to get into the ACC championship game. And they got a big head-to-head matchup with North Carolina coming up. They got Louisville coming up. So I think that should be the goal, right? Get Riley Leonard fully healthy rather than throwing him out there at like 60 70% against a Florida State team that's probably going to beat you regardless. You know, if anything, you'll get a rematch later on in the ACC championship game. So I would just start the backup tonight. But that's why I like the under. Uh, the total right now, 49 and a half. I like that. 
And then this one's gross. You know how I feel about uh, Utah. I bet them every single year to win the Pac-12, plus 260 last year. But tonight, I actually like USC uh, to bounce back. They're seven-point favorites. I know they lost to Notre Dame last week. I know that Caleb Williams threw three interceptions. It's crazy, man, because he actually has 13 turnover-worthy throws this season, but all of them have been when he's under pressure. Like, he's not playing within the offense right now. The play calling from Lincoln Riley hasn't been great. It's a lot of, like, backyard football. I think tonight he's going to play within the offense, and Utah's just not the same team, like, when they're on the road. They have a real home field advantage, but without Cam Rising and Keithy this season, they just can't score points. You know, even they beat UCLA a couple weeks ago. That's probably their best win of the year, and they won that game 14-7. to they beat a bad Florida team with Graham Mertz as their starting quarterback. So I think USC bounces back. As long as their defense could get some stops tonight, I do like the Trojans minus seven. Talking with Ryan Horvat from BetMGM tonight here on the BetQL guest hotline. Let's shift over to the NFL. The Commanders take on the Giants on Sunday. Curious to hear what your thoughts are on that matchup. I like the Commanders. I was actually talking about this with Vic. I, I think Washington's the side in this game because, you know, I think a lot of people are like, hey, Giants aren't as bad as we thought. They actually competed against the Buffalo Bills. Well, that's because they had extra time to prepare for that game. That's because it was a big emotional game for Brian Dayball. He was going against his former team. He was going back home. You know, he's from the area. He went to high school there. The Giants are a bad team, man. And I think this might be a game where the commander's pass rush could actually get home because the Giants are missing the entire left side of their offensive line. Even when they are healthy on the offensive line, they're not very good. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. You know, it looks like it's Tyrod Taylor, but you never know in the NFL. I'm so used to college football now, man, where, like, a guy's ruled out, and then all of a sudden he's running on the field, and you're like, what the hell's going on with these injury reports? <laughs> At least in the NFL, I guess you have a better idea. But it really doesn't matter, you know, for me. Um, I like Sam Howell. I just, the problem, the reason I went under on the win total for the commanders had nothing to do with Sam Howell or even the defense this season, to be honest, Toby. The reason I went under was that offensive line can't protect for yeah. Sam Howell, right? Like a lot of his turnovers have been under pressure. He's been pretty good when he's had a clean pocket. And one thing I do like about him, though, is, you know, he could move. He's athletic. He could use his legs. And the only thing that concerns me for the commanders, man, pass defense, right? Do you really think Tyrod Taylor is going to be able to take advantage of that? And, like, what downfield weapon for the Giants really scares you? Darren Waller barely ever touches the football. If I walk down the street right now in D.C. and ask, you know, the 10 people that I see if they can name two wide receivers on that team, they won't be able to do so. So I actually think this is a good spot for the commanders. I grab them. I'm going to bet them. Well, I like that answer. I like that answer. Sunday night football tomorrow night. Dolphins-Eagles, two five-and-one teams. I think an incredibly intriguing matchup. Maybe a little bit of a a test for the Dolphins after they kind of laid an egg against the Bills and to see if the Eagles are real again because they've struggled a little bit out of the gate as well. Who do you like in that matchup? Yeah, this is one of my favorite games, actually. So uh, I really like the Ravens tomorrow, especially as I walk outside here in Maryland. It's so windy, man. You're going to have tomorrow uh, Jared Goff throwing the ball into the wind. Uh, I wanted to give that side note right there because his home road splits are terrible. He's not very good under pressure. And Baltimore's offensive line's finally healthy last week for the first time since week one. And look what Lamar did. So I want to throw that side note out there. Sunday night football I also really like. And I like the Eagles. Anything under a field goal to bounce back. Jalen had two turnovers. Well, they had four turnovers last week. And, you know, you're not going to win many games when you lose the turnover battle 4-0. to zero. But I think they'll be able to bounce back here because as much as we all like this Dolphins team, you know, they could run the ball. They could pass the ball. We know how great Tua looks. We know how good Tyreek is. 
but still they're trying to figure things out defensively. It's year one for Vic Fangio as their D.C. They don't have Jalen Ramsey back. Pass defense hasn't been great, but the run defense hasn't either. And the Eagles have the best offensive line in football. They're able to run the ball with their multiple backs. Swift has looked really good, man. I think Detroit might actually be regretting that decision. Like, I like Gibbs, but Swift looks way better right now. And I think Jalen bounces back. They'll be able to take some shots down the field in this game. I think A.J. Brown will have a big game. So, uh, I actually like Philadelphia to bounce back quite a bit. Like this Miami team, I think they're only going to get better as the season goes on and they kind of start to figure things out defensively. But right now, I just think this is a good spot for Philly. Last one for you, Horvey. MLB playoffs, they were largely not dramatic at all. And then all of a sudden, there's been a bunch of drama the last couple of nights. Who do you have ending up coming out of each league and winning the World Series? Man, that's a great question right now because it looked like Philadelphia was kind of just going to roll and then um, last night I leave work. They have a three-run lead. I get home, and they blow that one. So I guess I have to stick with my original pick, you know, just because I really like that team. Got a guy, got a bunch of guys that could obviously, uh, you know, drive home some runs. So I guess I'd stick with Philadelphia, but, I mean, it's tougher than ever to call. I mean, the Astros are that team that just won't die. You know, they're yeah. like Freddy Krueger. They're like Jason in the horror movie where you kill them like 50 times, and they just keep coming back to life. Jose Altuve is one of the most clutch players. Like, this postseason just proves to me that the clutch gene really does exist, right? Because Bryce Harper has it. Kyle Schwarber hits 185 all season long, but then in the postseason, he becomes Babe Prick and Ruth. You know what I mean? And then Jose Altuve, he's been doing it for years, and now we can't blame the signals or the signs or whatever else, the wire, because he continues to do it, man. I thought what he should have done the other night was pulled off his jersey, just a troll. But, uh... (laughs) I, I, to anybody but the Astros is who I'm cheering for. I bet the Phillies pretty big. I want to feel better about it, but I don't know, man. Like, this Diamondbacks team just won't go away. Yeah, it's such a crazy postseason because who would have thought that the Diamondbacks and the Rangers would be in it and that the Rangers would go up 2-0, and now, like you said, the Astros just won't die. But here in Washington, yeah. we've seen a team win every road game in against the Houston team in a series. So I'm rooting for that. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I'm just I'm rooting for it to be over, to be quite honest with you. Then I don't have to talk about baseball because it's football <laughs> season, Toby. You know, we're talking college football, NFL. I don't need I don't need any more baseball. It's bad enough that pretty soon I'm going to have to talk NBA. I'm more of a college guy. Although, hey, how about your Wizards? They're looking pretty good here early. What did they lose by 40 the other night? <laughs> hey, Jordan Poole dropped 41 at the Garden, so it's going to be a fun year. If nothing else, Poole's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, my co-host Trista Crick was trying to talk us into Jordan Poole to lead the league in scoring. I personally can't do it. She brought up the fact that Brad Beal did it a couple years ago on a bad team. I mean, he's going to chuck. You know, he's got teammates wide open. You saw it the other night where Denny's calling for the ball and Jordan Poole's like, nah. And I love how guys like Denny are calling for the ball. Has anybody watched Jordan Poole the last three years? He was brushing off Steph Curry. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're you're not getting the ball. (laughs) It's going to be a fun one to watch. Horby, appreciate the time, man. Enjoy the rest of your college football Saturday. Thanks so much, man. Hey, you heard from Ryan Horvat. You can hear him on BetMGM tonight. He joined us on the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. I want to talk about some of the intriguing NFL matchups. And Josh Robbins, who covers the Wizards for the Athletic, joins us at 5 o'clock. So don't go anywhere. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan, Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until Caps Hockey later tonight on The Fan. I want to take a look around the NFL before we get into 
some NBA discussion with Josh Robbins coming up at 5 o'clock. Some interesting games around the NFL this week. So first we'll start with the Lions and Ravens 1 o'clock window, which you'll probably be watching the Commanders game. But I think that Lions-Ravens game is going to be intriguing because like Horvath said, it's going to be windy. It's going to be difficult conditions. Can the Lions throw the ball? Because David Montgomery is going to be out. I don't know that they're going to want to give 20 to 25 carries to Jameer Gibbs. They've been very careful with him. So be interesting to see because the Ravens obviously can run the ball. You've got Lamar, eight different running backs that they use. It seems like they cycle through the same five guys every year. First one gets hurt, and then it's Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, all these guys. They're going to probably sign some dude, you know, Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake. Like, somehow they just keep going through all these running backs, and they're still fairly effective. Be interesting to see there who wins that game. That's a game I'll be monitoring. Another game that I'll be monitoring in that 4 o'clock window, Chargers-Chiefs. Because this is an interesting one for me, because people love to crown the Los Angeles Chargers as if, Justin Herbert and that team is in the upper echelon with some of these guys. You know, they love throwing Herbert in the conversation with Mahomes and Allen and Burrow. And there's no doubt in my mind that he's just as talented or has the arm strength and has those kinds of abilities, but he hasn't won anything. He hasn't. And you're going up against the Chiefs in this game. If you're the Chargers, you're two and three on the season. You lose this one in a crowded AFC where now you're two games under 500, six games in? I don't know, man. That's a tough one to come back from. I'm sure the Chiefs are going to come in motivated. They always seem to own their division opponents, especially at Arrowhead. So it's a tough one for the Chargers, but they really need a win here. They really do. So that's going to be an interesting one to watch. And then looking at the primetime games, I think some solid ones to watch this week. Dolphins-Eagles on Sunday Night Football is going to be a fun one. Mike McDaniel is my favorite coach in the league. Just listening to how he talks on the sideline and the various things. And NFL Films did a nice about 12-minute video on his journey to be to become an NFL head coach. It was really cool to watch that video. If you haven't seen it, it's on it's on Twitter. You can probably just search it and find it. it I think it's on YouTube as well. But it's really cool to see that journey. But that seems so much fun to watch. I've talked about it before. I feel like for them, it's the perfect marriage of a roster quarterback, and a scheme and a coach, right? It's just all perfectly meshed together. Now, we'll see if they can do it against an Eagles team. And like I said, I think this is a measuring stick game once again for the Dolphins. They laid an egg against the Bills. Can they come out against an Eagles team and play well? And it's kind of the same thing for the Eagles on the flip side. You know, we've crowned them as the kings of the NFC coming into the year because of them running the table last year and playing so well and then getting into the Super Bowl. This year, it's not been the same Eagles team. Jalen Hurts is struggling a little bit. His passer rating is well down from what it was last year. Can he get back on track? Can they find their identity? I mean, they lost both coordinators. That's tough to overcome. I understand they still got Sirianni. You still got all the guys. But losing both of your coordinators is difficult. So they're still trying to find their identity. I think this is going to be a fun game because both of these teams can look at this almost as a springboard to the rest of their year. If the Dolphins can beat the Eagles, you just showed, okay, we can go toe-to-toe with the arguably the best team in the NFC. I think, you know, we'd still probably say it's the Niners, but still the Eagles are right there. You could say we can go toe-to-toe with the big boys or one-and-one with the Bills and with the Eagles. We'll be all right. And if you're the Eagles, you can look at it and say, you know what, even if we're not playing our best football, we can still beat teams that are really, really good. And you might meet a team like the Dolphins in the Super Bowl. So I think that could be a fun one to watch. And then Monday night, 
49ers on the road to take on Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. I, I don't know. It's funny to me because everyone was on this at the beginning of the year, and I wasn't, and everyone else was dead right. The Vikings last year all winning these one-score games, and they had an incredible record, and this year they just can't do it. This year they just can't. But they're 2-4. and four. They're going up against the Niners. I'm interested to see this one because the Niners did not look good last week, and Brock Purdy did not look very impressive. And this is why the Brock Purdy haters, the people that aren't on the Purdy bandwagon, they all talk about him. It's because I don't know that he can really get things going unless he has the help around him. And last week, he didn't have it. Guys went down with injury. We'll see if CMC can play. We'll see if Debo can play in this game. If they can't, Purdy's going to have to be really good, and maybe you're starting to see some of those flaws and why this guy was Mr. Irrelevant. I don't know. We'll get to see that on Monday Night Football. It's going to be intriguing. All right, we're going to take a break from the NFL. We'll get back into it at 6 o'clock. I'll give you my Commanders and Giants preview. But right now, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Josh Robbins from The Athletic. We're going to talk with him about the Wizards. What does he think about this season? I saw people talking about maybe who the starting five could be, how good Bilal Koulibaly is going to be this season. We'll talk with Josh Robbins from The Athletic next. 